Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Live on Purpose. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I am so excited to be here with you today, again, as always, sharing the principles of prosperity and happiness, giving you some ideas, hopefully, I hope this is helping you, to create some resources within your life to take control of it and to start living your life on purpose. That's the purpose of the podcast, and we're glad to have you back. Hope you're spreading the word as well. I've got another exciting guest here with me today. This is happening on a frequent basis for me, where I just run into people or I form associations with individuals who are doing some incredible things in this world, people who inspire me, people who bring something else to the table to add to your toolbox. And so I want to to jump to that right now to introduce my friend, Adrian Marinovich. Adrian, say hello. Hello. Hey, glad to have you with me. Well, very glad to be here. I should probably let our listeners know a little bit about you and who you are. Adrian is a lawyer-psychotherapist. Now, this is going to trigger some discussion, I think, Adrian. <laughs> I've never <Or> been, laughter. <laughs> I've never been a lawyer, but you know what? Since I met you, and uh, we, had, we had a meeting earlier this week in Los Angeles, and uh, since that time I was uh, chatting with my partner here at Creation Tree Coaching. He is an attorney turned coach, and he had yeah. this, this vision of becoming a psychotherapist for a while as well. And so I'm not sure what that, you know, kind of personality is that goes lawyer psychotherapist, but maybe you could uh share a little bit about what that's about for you. Well, you know, it's interesting when I went back to school to become a psychotherapist and that was, you know, later on in in, in life, I was already in my 40s and uh um I found it very difficult at first because as a lawyer, well, you're, you know, you're like a hired gun. You, and one of the things we learn in law school is don't ask open-ended questions. Now, you, you mm-hmm. being a psychotherapist yourself, you know, you know that open-ended questions are something you want to ask people in therapy because you want them to feel that they can talk as opposed to trying to control the conversation. So in lawyering, you pretty much want to ask a question that you pretty much know the answer to. You don't want any surprises. So that was a difficulty in the beginning, but um, later on, especially when I was doing my internship at the hospital um, that I was at, um, I found it very helpful for especially psychotic uh, patients. They, they found it helpful that I was able to track with them and, and how their mind was working. You know? and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. But I, I find it. I find that now there's a balance. It really helps me a lot. In the in, like I said, in the training part, it was seemed it, it it felt like a conflict at first, and I used to get a lot of that feedback, like, "Well, you're just judgmental, and you're not listening to me." And <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Well, I'm. I'll I'll add another little piece to this here too. I, I was intrigued about this whole. Uh, career path or or occupational interest that you have with the with the legal background and then also taking on more of a therapeutic role and this has been more recent I understand that you started more with the attorneying stuff um, but th- the thing that really caught my attention I was in a meeting with you uh, I guess it was Monday evening wasn't it this past week in Santa Monica, California, and we were we were both participating in a, a little coaching session uh, there in Santa Monica in the same group, and then we had a chance to get a little better acquainted afterwards as we went to dinner and had some discussion. And you had shared with that group 
some some information about a project that you've been working for or working on. And this is a documentary film. And correct me if I get any of this wrong, Adrian, but a, a documentary film called A Hero on Every Block. Did That's I, correct, yes. I got that right? That's right. You got it right. Now, this project really caught my attention because... Uh, according to my understanding, you grabbed this RV, you took your film crew, your director, and and you headed out on this journey across the whole country, as far as I can tell. That's right, yeah. Uh, put in something like 10,000 miles out there on the road. No, no, that wasn't correct. 9,965. Oh, it wasn't quite 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little under, huh? Yeah, and, and here you are out there going around the whole country interviewing people. And I love this concept. We're going to talk about this concept for a minute, about a hero on every block. Will you share with the listeners just kind of where you're coming from with this? What is this project? Well, for, first of all, the concept, a hero on every block, uh, did not come from my mind. Um, I was working on a completely different concept. I was working on a book, actually. And I think, you know, I shared that with you at, that, at dinner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting how that was a struggle for a couple of years. And, and I kept thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get this book off the ground? And, uh, you know, judgments would come into my mind and into my feelings like, well, you know, you're lazy, and, and what's the matter with you? Come on, you know, and this kind of struggle. Mm. And, uh, and it was really interesting because that's just part of the process, I guess, you know. And I had gone to um, a, uh, what's called a, a uh, sweat lodge, uh, Native Americans. They have this, uh, uh, this kind of a, of a ceremony called a sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. I've and, heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was in that process. I was focusing actually on forgiveness. I was focusing on my my father, who's deceased, and I just thought, um, well, there may be some things I need to clean up uh, still. And so I was focusing on that and feeling a lot of, of uh, feelings about gratitude and, and forgiveness, and boom, it just popped into my mind. It was just placed into my mind. Um, and I kept afterwards, I kept thinking to myself, well, that sounds like a great idea, because a hero on every block implies that there are a lot of heroes, that they're everywhere, they're on every block. And so mm-hmm. I started thinking about that and the ramifications of what that means. And, it, and it's interesting because the excitement level, the energy level, just came naturally. I didn't have to push myself. I didn't have to feel I was lazy because I wasn't lazy about it. And every time I talked to anybody about it, it just seemed to roll off my tongue, you know? And then people would go, wow, that sounds really great. And Maybe they'd just say, that's great, and they'd walk away, or they'd say, well, I want to know more about it. And in some cases, I've had, now I have a whole group of people that are involved with this project, and it's been mm-hmm. a really quite an extraordinary experience to, to be involved in something which I feels like is really my, my destiny, my, my purpose in, here, in, in this life. And this concept... This this is what really caught my attention because I think there are so many people out there, Adrian, who just they're they're going through their life and they're trying to do their best at whatever it is that they're doing, mm-hmm. and sometimes just not feeling really energized about it, or or sometimes like you were saying, you know, as you were working on this book, and it was really kind of bogging down and you weren't sure you know what was going on, but your mind started to suggest that oh well maybe you're lazy. Or maybe you just don't have what it takes to do this, or you know, making some of that up. But this is such a common experience. That's right, absolutely. That people have, and then you had a realization about something that you are now passionate about. And I heard you talk about this on Monday, and I shared with you that night that that I'm enlisted in this. This is something that gets me excited, and that's why we're having this discussion here today. I wanted my listeners to be aware of what it is you're doing because. A hero on every block. Like you said, it implies that there's a lot of heroes out there, but it also implies that they're nearby. That's right. Absolutely. What if we started opening our eyes a little bit and noticing just the abundance of excellence that surrounds us, that's 
that's right next door. And your neighbor's thinking the same thing, too, because you're doing stuff that is going to amaze your neighbors. Uh, but we often keep that to ourselves. So this this project, tell us a little bit more about what you were doing. I understand that you were finding just ordinary people who were doing heroic things with their life. Well, you know, you know so many things. Just what you just said brought up so many things. I was thinking about the noticing. I was thinking about the... The, the word ordinary. I don't now. I don't use the word ordinary without saying so-called ordinary. So-called. I just can't say ordinary people anymore. Wow. Uh, I say so-called ordinary people because I, you know, I when I got in that vehicle, I was ninety-five percent enlisted in the concept of a hero on every block. And after getting in that vehicle, that RV, and literally living in it, and today the technology is such that I could have three cameras and all the lighting and even live in the darn thing, and it's not even that big, uh, and go all the way across the country. But now I'm 100% convinced of the, the amazing qualities, people who, who, have, uh, who, are, are connect, who can connect inside themselves and know what it is that they're here for. That they, and they haven't, they haven't been college-educated, or they haven't been meditators, or they haven't gone to various programs. It's, it's, it's God-given. I'm convinced of it. It's, it's, in, it's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's somewhere in the body, in the mind. And, um, and, I, and, and it's wonderful to watch it, too, in people who are not used to talking about these things, and then they just kind of they get surprised by it. It kind of comes out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a, it's a really lovely, inspiring experience. You know, Adrian, I am convinced that most of us do not fully appreciate what it is that we bring to the world. Absolutely, absolutely. That is the that is the um, oh my God! What can I say? You know, it's 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 just um, when you start beholding people, and I'm using the word beholding, almost being a little dramatic, almost, mm-hmm. but. When you start looking at people, and I, by the way, I got that in my in working with kids when I did my internship. Uh, uh, people were saying I was doing giving so much help to these kids who were severely even uh, physically and sexually abused. I was working with them, and it was very difficult in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they were saying, "Oh, you're helping these kids," but you know, those kids helped me so much because that's how kids look at pe- things. They behold things. They go, "Wow." at that, you know, mm-hmm. and and we still have that in us. I mean, we're adults, we mm-hmm. can't act like six-year-olds, but there's a six-year-old inside there somewhere. There's a, a part of us, an aspect. And we can draw that out and find it in people and behold it. I love that. Yeah. After, after this break, we'll get into some of the stories. Okay. And when you pray, pray for strength, to help you carry on, when the troubles come your way. What is Project Liberty? This is Kerry Valerio of Raycon Incorporated to tell you a little about it. Raycon has had the desire to give back, and from this desire to teach our investors how to become truly financially independent and to become true capitalists, Project Liberty has emerged. Project Liberty is a one-year educational program that aims to provide individuals with the tools necessary to gain their own financial independence. With our first class of students, we've heard such comments as, Project Liberty was the answer to our prayers. I'll learn more in three months than I have in three years. Both the instructors and the curriculum have added unprecedented value to my life. Project Liberty is about to begin accepting 10 new students for its second session, which begins in January. For more information, contact our website, gotindependence.com, or call Corey at 801-961-1382. The number again is 801-961-1382. Hello, Live On Purpose listeners. How many times have we heard Dr. Paul talk about one of his favorite books, The Dog Poop Initiative, a true story by Kirk Weasler? Well, where does he get his books at? He gets them at morebetterbooks.com, and now so can you. Go there today, enjoy free shipping for the holidays, and special holiday bundles where you can buy huge piles of books at huge savings at morebetterbooks.com, so you can have a more better life and live that life on purpose. With all of the rumors and fears surrounding the topic of PPMs, 
Breakon Advisors has decided to host a Saturday seminar titled Holding Fund and PPM Creation and Management. This powerful one-day seminar will be packed with real-time updated information from two different attorneys that specialize in securities. Will Rogers and Brian Ferris will delve into the complex securities laws surrounding private placement memorandums and registered investment advisors, and they will instruct attendees about the proper methods for creating, structuring, and managing the PPM as a private fundraising entity. Of course, Carrie and Chad will be there also to provide their own practical information and advice. So come and join us on Saturday, December 15th to get your questions answered and to learn how PPMs can run into problems and learn how to avoid them. For more information, visit GodIndependence.com or call Corey at 801-961-1382. And welcome back, everybody. We're living on purpose today at Live on Purpose Radio. I've got a great guest with me, Adrian Marinovich, who is a lawyer and psychotherapist. But above and beyond that, he has become, I don't know, Adrian, should I call you a missionary? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I'm thinking is you've taken on this mission, this project, this quest. Well, you know what? If I'm a missionary, then so are you and so is everybody else. That's right. Because we've all taken on this quest, and every single life is unique out there, even though there's some characteristics that are the same, of course, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, there's something about each one of us that is really unique. And, and That's right. And, and as we went to the break, we were talking about beholding and, and observing and noticing and starting to tune into this, this concept that inside of everyone is a hero. And you're going to find a hero on every block because everybody is a hero in some way or another. What if we could start to notice that and see it and illuminate it? And this is what I'm so excited about. Can't wait for your film to come out. I've seen a few of the snippets on the website. And uh, just a little heads up to the listeners. You can go to aheroeneveryblock.com. That's aheroeneveryblock.com. And Adrian, you've posted a few of these little vignettes of people that you had an opportunity to interview and uh, to share a few moments of their life and their experience. What a fantastic experience that must have been for you! Oh, it's been just absolutely amazing. It's been, and you know, I want to I want to mention because you 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 brought up noticing again, and that reminds me of the first person that I one of the first one of the first people, I should say, that I interviewed, a lady by the name of Omara, and she's not on the site yet, but she will be. And when I met this woman, she, I mean, she was this gorgeous, middle-aged, blonde woman who has a, a large family and a husband and a beautiful smile. And, and I said to her, uh, sometimes I, I say provocative things, I, say, I said to her, I said, well, you seem to be like a silver spoon lady. Everything seems to be great in your life. And she mm-hmm. says, oh, no. She says, when I was very young, my mother committed suicide right in front oh, of me. Oh, my heavens. And literally blew her head off. And oh. I said, well, what, then what happened after that? And she says, I was in a severe state of depression, and I was cutting myself. And, and, I, and I asked her, I said, well, how'd you get out of that? And she actually hadn't thought about it in a very long time. And she sat there and thought about it, and she said, you know, I just stopped um, being depressed. I just stopped having those thoughts. And I go, yeah, but how did you do that? You didn't just stop. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, how did you start? Mm-hmm. So then she, again, she started thinking, you know, and she said, well, I said, well, there must have been a time when it was so bad that you just wanted to die. And she said, yes, that's right. And there was absolutely nothing positive to live for, right? And she says, that's right. And I said, so then what happened? Something happened. Mm-hmm. She thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, and she remembered. She goes, you know what? She says, I started noticing. And that's the first time that came. And I go, noticing what? And she says, little things. Like, for example, I would go on, walking down the street and I'd find some money. It wasn't a lot, but I'd find some money. And then 
Another time somebody would walk up to me, a homeless person, and they would say something to me, and it would be exactly what I needed to hear. And so I started noticing that there might be a different reality than what is in my mind and in my consciousness right now. And that was the very beginning, the very beginning of a step that went up and up and up. And this woman today is a mentor to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I bet she is. She is, yeah. She figured out an, a very important thing. We get stuck in our own perception of the world, and just because we perceive it that way doesn't mean that's the way the world is. That's right. That's just what we're used to seeing. That's right. And then another thing that we can get caught up in, which is the other side of the spectrum, is we can get caught up in, for example, people people can get caught up in thinking that they need to do something else. A lot of people, some people call this New Age guilt now. You know, there's the old age guilt was is that God was punishing us, and now the new age guilt is, at least that's my understanding of it, is, is, that, is that we're punishing ourselves because we're not living up to these very high standards, you know. And so it's not about, you know, people living uh, my life, the Adrian Marinovich life, or, or the Dr. Paul life. It's about, you know, fine, you know, look at, look at like that's what I say about this on the site there. I say, look at these lives, look at these people's lives and what they've done as an inspiration, as a beginning to look at your own life. Now, these people, though, these are people who filled out applications and sent out an ad that said, I'm a hero, come interview me, right? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Almost every one of those people that you see on that site, and there'll be more, did not want to do the interview. I had to talk all of them into it. <laughs> because they didn't see themselves as a hero. No. But there's something that you noticed about them that made you want to put them into your movie, put them on your website, interview them as part of this project. Well, you see, the thing is, is that I see everybody that way now. So, so whoever I meet is potentially a a person to be in the in the movie. I mean, it's just anybody can be in this movie just because they're human. If they're having, if they're in a human body and they're breathing, then they qualify. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that there's a small percentage of people that are just very, very evil, but we're not talking about, we're not going there today. <laughs> so <laughs> there's somebody listening to this podcast right now, Yeah. or when they download it, you know, but there's somebody listening to this podcast who's going to be thinking, well, I can see what he's saying. I can see that, you know, other people have these, these cool things, but probably not me. What's your response to them, Adrian? See, I, you know, I, I, I love the way you're treating this interview because you're doing it, uh, that, that's how I do it. When somebody says to me, when they come up and they'll say something like, for example, they'll say, well, if it, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here today. And I don't, I don't let it go at that. I'll go, well, what do you mean grace of God? What does that feel like? What does that sound like? What is that? Did you hear voices? Did you hear that? Was there a burning bush? I mean, tell me, what is it? You know, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't just like leave it there. And that's what you're doing now. You're saying, hey, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what what is the question you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I love about these interviews because we can take it so many different directions. That's right. My acknowledgement there, Adrian, was was about those listeners. And, yeah. and haven't you and I been in this position before too, where where you hear something like this and you think, oh, that's inspiring. That's so cool. That's neat. And I know that that's true for all of those people out there. That's right. But somehow we have this exclusionary rule that kicks in, you know, where it's it's not really about me. It's I can see how that's true for other people, but probably not for me. And I'm hearing from you, Adrian, that you're confident you could take anyone who's listening to this show right now and do an interview with them for your movie. Absolutely. And you Absolutely. could mine something I mean, un out unless, of that. Unless the person is so committed to their uh, negative side and has absolutely refused to think of anything positive in their life whatsoever, if they're just absolutely 100% committed to that, well, obviously I can't break their will, you know? Mm -hmm. but, but no matter what, I, I interviewed a 17-year-old girl, and she is on the site. Her name is Sarah. You'll see her there, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I had to get mom's approval to interview her, of course. But when she was 14 and a half, she ran away from home. And she got addicted to crack cocaine and uh, 
very, very serious problem in the family. And so I, and, and, and when you see her on the interview, she's so positive and so wise, you know. And I asked her the question, I said, I said, well, what about when people are watching this and saying, hey, you know, I don't have a family. I don't have people. Nobody's going to help me. I don't have a mother. I don't have a father. Let's say the worst of possibilities. And Sarah, right in the interview, you'll see it there. She says, you know what? She says, you always have something. There's always something that you can mm-hmm. turn. There's, there's a, you, can, you can go to the Internet and look for things. You can go to a neighbor. You can, if you have a friend, if you don't have either, let's say both of your parents are gone or, or unavailable or whatever it is, you can go to one of your friend's mothers or fathers, or you can get a magazine. Or you can go to one lady uh, that I interviewed. She says she was an Indian lady, and she had this very strong Indian accent, and she says, well, you know, you can walk down to McDonald's and talk to some people there. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's always somebody at Mickey D's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, I, I'm, I was thinking also as you were describing that, the the package that anyone has, and I want to challenge you listeners to think about this, you've got all of this stuff in your life, and we we start to think that, oh my heavens, you know, this... This is extraordinary, what I'm dealing with here. I would be successful, except that I've got these extraordinary or difficult circumstances in my life. I would venture a guess, and maybe I'm going way out on a limb here, but I would venture a guess that whatever difficulty you're facing is also being faced by someone else somewhere. Now, sometimes the uh, the specifics are going to change, but take the loss of a loved one, for example. How many people are experiencing that? You know, you know, you know, Doctor Paul. In this, when I was in New York, uh, I had gone all the way across the country, and my uh, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll just cut to the chase on it. In the process of this doing this film, both my uh, my mother and my father passed away. Oh, wow. And I flew back three times in the middle of doing this. And talk about guilt, you know. I kept thinking to myself, should I go back to the film? I've got this crew. I've got everything going on. I'm paying these people. And then, and, and, you know, but I'd, I'd fly back. I'd go back. I'd come back. It was really something, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh. It was really something. And yet it was a tremendous, tremendous blessing to... Uh, been with my with my mother at the time of, of her passing and um, mm. anyway it's a whole other other subject of course but uh, but uh, but yeah you brought up that and I uh, I experienced that in the, in the course of the film yeah. the the experiences that feel so extraordinary in our own lives are really very common human experiences if we'll start to notice that yes and and the, I picked the loss of a loved one, having no idea, Adrian, that you had just just gone through this yourself. But you know what? It's a pretty safe bet that at any time, people who are listening to this show are going through that right now. Somebody is, because it's such a common human experience. Let's come back to this right after this next break. Stick with us. If you have a pile of books you want to read growing faster than the pile of books you have read, Abundant Reading Systems course can help you. You'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly and you can retain more of what you read. I was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning. To be able to do as well as I did, I almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension, so I feel good about what I learned. Abundant Reading Systems brings you an all-new single-day speed reading workshop where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. I've got a great idea. 
This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Grab a napkin, because today's feature may make your mouth start to water. One day, Justin and Dave, two friends and co-workers, got talking about their favorite flavors. They were surprised to find out that they shared a mutual affinity for the flavors of bacon and salt. However, most people are aware that bacon and salt are not the world's most healthy flavors to be fans of. One slice of bacon has 157 calories and 670 milligrams of sodium, not to mention 12 grams of fat. And it is recommended that you take in no more than just 6 grams of salt a day. This makes it hard for fans of bacon and salt to enjoy the flavors regularly. So Justin and Dave whipped together a fat-free, zero-calorie, vegetarian seasoning salt that tastes just like bacon, and they call it bacon salt. Bacon salt was an immediate hit. They launched the product earlier this year, and millions have now gone bacon salt crazy. Justin and Dave found out quick that they were not the only people who loved these flavors, but were mindful of their health. The bacon salt seasoning was an immediate success and joins the world of ideas as the flavor of the week. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea Wouldn't you like to know Your problem Welcome back, everybody. You know, Adrian, during the break there, we were listening to the World of Ideas Report. Yeah. And uh, this is a fun thing that another friend of mine has um, has really taken on lately. Shay Larson is, uh, we, we think of him as the idea man. And he has kind of latched onto a similar idea to what you've done, that, hey, there's a gold mine of ideas and experience and all kinds of really cool stuff going on in the lives and minds of of our neighbors, people on our own block. And uh, th- that's why I like that feature. It just takes these ideas that people have. And who doesn't have ideas? I mean, th- they're out there everywhere. Yeah. Tap into those things. So anyway, I thought that... that uh, meshed in pretty nicely with some of the topic of discussion we have today with a hero on every block. I'm curious. I know you've got a ton of stories jumping around your head, and I'd like to just just mine a few of those right now. What what did you learn? What were some of your favorites? Share a highlight or two with us. Do you have any that come immediately to mind? Well, yeah, uh, well, yeah that, that, that's the problem. Is so many of them come to mind, but what a wonderful problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I was thinking also at the break, like, what is it that I really, really learned? And I think one of the most powerful concepts that I've learned from this is, is that the very things that we consider problems are the exact things that make us heroes. Because if you think about it, if we didn't overcome anything, we didn't come overcome something that wasn't difficult. And if we look back in our lives, I mean, if I look back in my life, if some of the things that were really easy, I, I just, it doesn't make, it, it, I mean, it, it make, it's kind of like checking, off a, checking something off on your to-do list. But the really difficult things that I have had to de- deal with, um, uh, being with my mother, for example, when she was passing, the kinds of thoughts and feelings that I had, were uh, at times overwhelming. And um, I remember ex- talking to a good friend of mine and explaining to him, I said, you know, there were times where I would be with her and just be very, very close to this very despondent place of like, oh, there is no God and there is no justice. You know, this is horrible. This is so ugly. This is so terrible. The smells, the sounds, the, you know, I don't mean, I'm, you know, I apologize to anyone if mm-hmm. I'm being too graphic, but. But that's what happens. That's what happens. And, and to be there and just to kind of and to acknowledge that and say, you know, 
this is just a human experience. This is what we do as humans. We get really close to these places. But that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that's going to happen in their whole lives. I think that's what happens with people that people I've worked with that are, have gotten very close to suicide. What happens is, is they just get overwhelmed by the idea that that's the only reality. And that's completely you know, illogical and makes no sense and, in fact, is not the case. Um, it's sort of a tunnel vision, isn't it? Yeah. You've, you've, you know, Dr. Paul, you've dealt... You've, worked as a psychotherapist so you've you you know you've been with people in that, oh yeah that place. And it can be really hard to get and and the, the the thing though is is that is that everybody gets out of that at their own pace and so it's it's it you can't say well you know, hey just snap out of it well you know that's not that's, <laughs> that's easier said than done but um but but just to spend even a little bit of time on some inspiration you know whether it means uh you know reading a book or even a poem or, uh, or, or making a phone call to somebody or as that lady says, go, walking down to McDonald's, just making some effort, no matter how bad it is, and saying, okay, well, you know, all right, fine, it's going to be bad for 20, 23 and a half hours, but for one half hour I'm going to, you know, do something else. <laughs> just find something. Or the word that we've focused on a few times today, notice Notice, yeah. Something. There's an abundance of beauty and things that you're grateful for and people who care about you and 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 fellow journeyers here in this this thing we call life who are experiencing similar challenges. Yes. You know what brings to mind I'm I'm there's a there Jerry is as one of the people on the site, you'll be able to hear his story. He was mm-hmm. abused. Actually, Jerry's a very good friend of mine. I've known him since high school. And when we were in high school together, I didn't know that he was being abused by a priest, uh, sexually abused. Mm -hmm. And he shares that uh, story in the interview, and and there'll be more of him in the film. Well, wait a minute, Adrian. These are just news stories. That doesn't happen to real people. That's just something you hear (laughs) on the news, right? Yeah, this really happened to Jerry. And Jerry went through uh, five years of psychotherapy to deal with that. And uh, nobody would have guessed. He was, he was the big man on campus. He was a football player. He had it all together. I mean, Jerry, I mean, he was, everybody knew Jerry was the hero mm-hmm. in our school. And yet this happened to him, and it was very painful for him. Five years of psychotherapy, he finally worked through it, and... Now, when you hear him on, on uh, the HeroInEveryBlock.com uh, site, he says it was a blessing that it happened. It actually made him a better person. He says it made him a better father, made him a better human being. It brought him to his knees. And then he, at the end, he acknowledges, he says, and, and the whole process had the hand of God was in it. And then he just looks at the camera and he goes, I have no regrets. Oh. I mean, it's just... That's so powerful. It is. You know, Adrian, I had a guy in my office just uh, just yesterday when we were talking about some weaknesses, some, some challenges that he's experiencing in his life. And I, I asked him if he is to the point yet where he can be grateful for this. Mm. Uh, I asked another person on a radio show I did, oh, a year and a half ago, something like that, uh, a man who was... Uh, permanently paralyzed from from a four wheeler accident, and he's he's quadriplegic. And as I was interviewing him, you know, we got to a commercial break, and during the commercial break, I asked him, I said, "Are you at a point where you can feel grateful for this?" Mm-hmm. I've had this notion for quite a while that that there's a purpose or or a usefulness to the difficult experiences we have in our life. But there's this choice point. See, when when people experience something that's difficult, and they're in the middle of it, especially, you know, and they're experiencing the pain, they have a choice point, and they get to be—I like to call it uh, the the two paradigms. They get to choose to be a victim or a hero, mm-hmm. and they get to choose one way or the other. And which way you choose determines the outcome in your life. People get confused about that, and they think that their experiences cause their misery. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, Dr. Paul, you are the kind of therapist 
that fo- that focuses people on the goal and is is looking at the what is the purpose of therapy? It's to get better. It's to work in a positive direction, as opposed to okay, well, this happened to you. That's therefore you're really messed up, and you have this diagnosis or that diagnosis. And 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 that's not to say that diagnosis is not okay to do at a certain time. Sometimes people need to know where they stand in terms of what mm-hmm. they're feeling and experiencing. Right. Um, but also, too, people need to know when people need to have their own. And this is the this is again the unique quality of of our of, of human beings is is that they heal in particular in a particular um, how should I say a time frame. There's a particular time frame that they need, and 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 different people. You know, I, there's no I don't think there's any formulas really. I, well, there are some principles. Principles, right? That determine that the speed at which any particular person moves through or acknowledges or embraces those principles into their life can vary greatly. There you go, exactly. And our life experiences give us exposure to and opportunities for applying these principles. Exactly. You know, there is a lady also on the site. Uh, her name is Evelyn, and she's in, she's in her 80s, and she had her leg amputated, completely amputated, uh, from cancer, she had three bouts with cancer, and uh, and she says that it made her a better person. Oh boy! Can you imagine that? You know that's so interesting. Just yesterday, I was talking to my grandmother, who's also in her eighties, and about a week ago, she fell and broke her hip. Mm-hmm. And as I was talking to her last night, she's just been moved to a facility where she can receive some rehabilitation services. The, They've uh, surgically repaired what they can and whatnot, and and she was saying a similar thing, mm. uh, that she she can find it within her own mind and heart to be grateful for what is happening to her now, as painful as it is, that she can she can find it in there to be grateful for this experience, which which is an opportunity to apply some principles in her life. Okay, but you know what, Dr. Paul, I'm going to turn the tables on you now. Okay. Now, now, what if I was listening to you and I'd say, well, your grandmother obviously is a strong person. She's a, she has a, a family support or whatever it is, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't have any of that. I don't have that kind of strength. I've never experienced anything like that. I, can't, I, I, I would never see something like that as an opportunity. Or, or What mm-hmm. would you say to that person? Well, this is, this is that choice point I was telling you about. <laughs> It's not your circumstances that determine the quality of your life. It's the choices you make related to those circumstances. Right. You've read, I'm sure, uh, Viktor Frankl's book. Oh, yeah. Um, it's called Man's Search for Meaning, and I want that to be on everybody's reading list because... Oh, that's a must. If you can take your personal life circumstances and compare them to Viktor Frankl's as he was going through that concentration camp experience... I don't know of very many experiences that compare to that, you know, just in terms of of just the the horrendous things that they experienced there. And yet he found and he described it as the last of human freedoms mm-hmm. that and that's the freedom to choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. And that's what makes these people heroic. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring up Viktor Frankl because he's been a huge inspiration to me since, uh, well, for quite a while, well before even I started this project. Mm-hmm. As he should be. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, this man has touched millions with what he's been able to teach through that experience that he had. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm sure you're seeing this with some of the people that you've interviewed, too, that they've gone through their own personal Auschwitzed experiences. I can't say that word very well either. <laughs> Which a, that's a good that's a good attempt. Though. Well, thank you. And it might be just right. I don't know. I don't... Well, and that's uh, that's the point that I wanted to make with that, though. That uh, you asked me, what would you say to those people? Mm-hmm. And that's the point. That it's not your circumstances that determine it. It's it's the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And as he said, you know, the last of human freedoms, you choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. And I think that he's got the experience 
to to really back up that statement. Absolutely. And I would just add to that that even, even, because I, I don't give up, mm-hmm. even at the worst, even when a person feels that they can't make the choice, they just can't make the choice, then just stay with that and see, well, what is it about that? That's right. Explore it. We've got one more segment coming up. Stick with us. We'll be right back. In the spirit of the education that has helped the principals of Braycon take their business to the next level, Braycon Advisors has presented the Mind Your Own Business Roundtable. This powerful one-day event is designed for those individuals or business owners who are ready to take their own business to the next level. Limited to a small, intimate group, all those who attend the roundtable will receive one-on-one feedback from a group of amazing producers whose invaluable input can truly launch your business into the stratosphere. We are committed to every single person in the room leaving inspired and motivated from this powerful day with specific action steps and strategies that you can begin to apply immediately. For more information, visit the website gotindependence.com or contact Corey at 801-961-1382. The number again is 801-961-1382. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live On Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. finish up this episode of Live On Purpose. We've got one segment left. And Adrian, there's there's a lot more to talk about than we have time to talk about, <laughs> as is often the case when we get into some discussions about uh, just what life means. And I look at this documentary that you're putting together, a hero on com. A hero on com is the website. Uh, this documentary will be finished sometime in the spring, as I recall. Is that right? That's right. So how how can people get connected with you and what you're doing? The website, obviously, is uh, a good introduction. Anything else you want to say about that? Well, I'm, I'm very interested in people's feedback and what their, what their experiences are. I'm still, there are still a few more people we, we're inter- still interviewing for the, for the film. Um, but also, I'm in, just... When you go to the website, there's a. Uh, I love getting emails from people and how it's how it's just their takes on it and how it's helped them or or, or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. their what their take is on it. And, uh, so there's a. Uh, it's it's very. Um, it's, there's it operates with flash, so uh, you can see the interviews. They're just little clips, mm-hmm. and of each person. I think there's about uh, 18 different. Um, individuals there now yeah it looks like i've got it right here in front of me it's eighteen twenty. yeah um 
this is a great way for people to become a little more familiar with it before the actual film comes out, which will be released uh, sometime next spring. And uh, there's a contacts link on this website, so they can just link or click on that and send you an email, huh? There you go. That's a that's a shorter way of saying what I tried to say earlier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm here to interpret all of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, while I've still got you here, Adrian, I I just have this sense that not only are you creating this this thing, this movie, uh, this documentary to highlight and and illuminate some of the heroes that you have met in this this wonderful experience that you're having. But you yourself are a hero of sorts. And no, I, no, not, no, no, I'm not. Not, not you, of course. <laughs> You'd be a special case. Everybody else is, right? <laughs> but this is something that I wanted to highlight a little bit because here's here's a person who Adrian you um you shared with us that you're a lawyer, psychotherapist, you're trying to make a uh difference in the world in whatever way you can there. You got into this idea of a book and and started off onto that and how many of us have done that? You know, where we we launch onto a project thinking, well that's what I'm supposed to do. Um but it doesn't really come out the way that you want it to. And then for for some reason, it it just distills on you somehow that you've got something else to do. And so you launched onto this project. I think this is a great example of exactly what we're trying to establish here with this discussion. And as you got tuned in to what your purpose was, I did a show last week, and I think you may have had a chance to listen to that one with... Uh, with Steve D'Annunzio. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, the show is called Discovering Your Soul Purpose. Uh, Steve is really tuned into this about helping people to figure out, you know, what is it? What is it about me that is unique or special that I, that I bring to the world? What is it that I can uniquely contribute here? And I'm I'm hearing in all of these stories and the people that you have met and interviewed that they all have found some way to uh, to live their life in such a way that we will all find it to be inspiring. Yes, you know, you, you bring up that interview, and I did. I listened to that yesterday, um, and uh, there are so many keys in that interview that you did with Steve. If someone is in that place in their life where they don't seem to have purpose or if they feel whatever they whatever situation they're in they're not happy in that situation there are many many keys there but again it's it's about looking into your own life though too you can't live uh, dr. Paul's life you can't live Adrian Marinovich's life or Steve Denuncio's life it's a person has to but there are many keys though and I've and I've been inspired by others I, I was inspired by listening to that conversation I got a number of of learnings in that conversation mm. uh, that I listened to the, between the two of you, and so it's 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 um, it's kind of like life is a school. That's what I you know. It's like it's it's just it never stops being school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even young children uh, get a sense that there's something there for them. In fact, they're a little better at it than the adults are. Mm-hmm. Where they they dream big. And you were sharing with me earlier that you had these these aspirations as a very young child to do something of significance. Well, it's interesting because that I had not thought about something that had happened to me when I was eight years old until Monday night when I had the conversation with you. And I think it's your emphasis on families that kind of brought that and uh, brought that memory back. But when I was eight years old, and again, you know, see, just just paying attention. You know, I, I went out mm-hmm. to dinner with you. You said some things. I, I didn't get it right away, but somehow this memory came up, and I'm not even sure if the conversation you and I had caused it, but it appears to, but it doesn't matter. It, uh, it's a wonderful memory. Um, it, uh, when I was eight years old, uh, I, I, was, I was living in Hollywood, California, and uh, a store burned down nearby, and I had gone into the store. They were having a, literally a fire sale. 
and I had bought these sunglasses that flip up that baseball players wear, and I, I, that was my first investment, I think. I bought, I think, about 12 or 15 of these at a very low cost, but then when I went to the Little League field, I was too afraid to try to sell them, and I got stuck with them, so I, I didn't make any money. <laughs> and so, and, but I remember back, I thought to myself, now, isn't that interesting? Now, if I had gone back home and shared with my dad or my mom about what was going on, and if we had talked about that and said, well, gee, what is it that you're scared about exactly? And it probably would have been, well, there's a lot of older boys there, and I'm only eight, and I don't know if they'll buy it. And, and, and what, if, what if they had just simply said, well, it's okay. If you just try, that's okay. You don't have to sell them, you know. I mean, just try at least once, you know. You know, mm-hmm. some kind of a conversation like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but again, too, I can look at that back when I was eight years old and hold it in my consciousness as a failure, or I can look at it as, gee, there was my first attempt, and what a wonderful thing that I failed at it, because later on I tried again and something else, you see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, that, that's how it works. My life is full of, quote-unquote, failures. <laughs> well, Isn't that wonderful? And, and how are you going to define those failures? A lot of the people, well, I put them in quotes, right? And I'm <laughs> glad that you did because, as you shared earlier, you know, a lot of these people that you've interviewed who are now movie stars, you know, yeah, they didn't see themselves as as a success necessarily. And it's so common for people to look at their life and to identify things that they will call failures, and all of these so-called ordinary people. Do you notice I picked that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these so-called ordinary people out there who have so many failures in their life, what if they could reframe those things and start looking at them as the experiences and the stuff and the raw material, the resources from which they are going to build and live, create and live the life that they love? And to share it with others and make it an inspiration to others, I think each life is a masterpiece. Mm, absolutely. And, absolutely. And look at the beauty of that. You know, mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate about your project. You're, you're showcasing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adrian, we have a few minutes left. I'm wondering if, uh, if there's some things that, that you still want to share with our listeners that we haven't got to yet. Well, you know, just the, the, main, the main thing is the idea, again, if, if somebody is listening to this and is thinking, has, or let's say has had this experience, I've had this experience where I've, I'll listen to uh, an interview like this, and I'll be really inspired, and then I'm back into my life, mm-hmm. and nothing changes. <laughs> so this is the time we talk about the so what. Yeah, it's like, so what? You just turn around and you go, okay, well, you know what? Nothing's going to change with my, my wife or my friend here. Nothing's going to change at my job. And, uh, and it's kind of your back again. But what happens, there's a, there's, a, there's a little key in this whole thing, which is that you just start to change little things. I remember about 10, 15 years ago, I remember feeling very, one day I got up and I was very, feeling very depressed that day for some reason. I can't remember what it was. And I, and, I, and I didn't get up out of bed till about 12 o'clock, and perhaps it was a Saturday. And, and, and uh, all I did was answer a survey, and I walked to the phone, to the, uh, to the uh, post box, mm-hmm. and put it in there and walked back. And you know I felt better? <laughs> Just doing something, huh? Just doing something. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, we all have those kinds of days, and sometimes they're, they end up being weeks and months for some people. know why that works like that, but it seems to be like that, that the snowball of negative effect seems to be very easy to happen, and there's just some efforting that has to be done in um, going the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's just changing the focus. You know, perhaps, I just thought of this, perhaps it's the efforting in the other direction is a little bit harder, because then when we do it, we actually feel good about ourselves. We start going, wow, I did that. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I have a, a friend who talks about hard easy versus easy hard. And sometimes we'll do the easy thing now, which creates a harder life for us later on. 
everybody. Or we can do a little harder thing now, which is going to create a much better and easier life later on. It's hard sometimes to take that positive focus and to notice some of the wonderful, heroic things that are going on in your life right now and all around you, and it's so abundant. That's harder sometimes, but when you do that, it just makes all the difference. Yeah. It makes all the difference. And what's interesting, what's so interesting about life, and I think, I think this is kind of, I think this, this God created life this way, because when you do the hard, easy, easy, hard, even that doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, because some people, what they do is, is they're always doing the hard thing and planning for the future. And mm-hmm. so what they need to do is they need to do it the opposite way. That's right. So always a person has to look at their life and say, okay, does this apply to me or not? Mm-hmm. There are no formulas, I don't think. I mean, I don't, other than the fact that we have to breathe, you know, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some things are somewhat predictable. Some, some things are predictable. <laughs> well, Adrian Marinovich, thank you so much thank you, for Dr. joining Paul, me on this show. Uh, one last plug a hero on everyblock.com. Go to the website, check out Adrian and the great things he's doing. Go out there and live on purpose, everyone.